What are we waiting for? High school football, varsity. We're playing with some jam in here. Let's go. Gets a block. Are you kidding? Deshaun Jackson still not in, and now in for the touchdown. No flags. going on guys got an edition of the connor and mark show alongside mark rogers i'm connor gave special edition the flyers are officially back tonight they start an inter-squad game special guest along with us ryan powell and mike quinn boys welcome to the show let's talk some flyers how are you guys doing i'm doing well how are you guys doing today doing good man i'm excited we're finally back here uh you know sixers started obviously and eagles just wrapped up that dismal season so let you know we were saying before the show Thank God for the Flyers, and uh, let's get ready to go here. I've been watching football all day, and I'm really excited about it, but I just can't wait until I can watch hockey all day long, even if it's just any game. I don't care. I'm ready for the Flyers to come back. Yeah, and, and the inter-squad game is here tonight, so the Flyers will be playing each other orange versus white. Uh, the rosters just dropped about really an hour and a half before the game. So for the orange team, Andrew, uh, Andy Anderoff, uh, Travis Konechny, Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, Oscar Lindblom, uh, Claude Giroux, Sam Marin, who's moved from the defense to left wing, Zade Wisdom, the Flyers' third, second-round pick, I believe, this draft, Carson Torinsky and Joel Farabee rounding out on defense, Chris Bergras, Ivan Provorov, Derek Poirier, Jaeger Samulas, Mark Friedman, Justin Braun, Wyatt, Will, uh, Wyatt Wiley, and then uh, Net for Orange, Lion, and Elliott. And then for the white team, Michael Roffle, Noel Badger, Scott Walton, JVR, Linus Sandin, uh, Morgan Frost, Tyson Forcer, the first-round pick of this past NHL entry draft for the Flyers, and Nico Begubel, Max William, Connor Butterman, Jacob Voracek on defense, Phil Myers, Sandheim Hag, uh, Tyler Waterspoon, Prosser, and Gustafson, and then in net, obviously, the Flyers face of the franchise guard heart, and Felix Sandstrom, another young goaltender behind him. So the rosters has dropped. And now we're looking at this inter-squad game. This is the first action we've seen from this Flyers team. And obviously some familiar faces could be coming back. Oscar, Oscar Lindblom, who was diagnosed with cancer last off uh, this last year, is officially back healthy and ready to go. Same with Nolan Patrick, who was dealing with migraines last year as well. Mark, I'll throw this first one over to you. What are you, what are you most excited for this upcoming season? And, uh, and what player are you most uh, excited to see, you know, finally come back and, and uh, play for the Flyers? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited after last season. Obviously, they, they came up short against the Islanders, but great team in the Islanders there. But, you know, I'm really excited to see how this team builds off the success they had last year. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of average Flyers teams, and, and last year looked like an outlier for sure. Um, obviously, a huge coaching change, not only with uh, Elaine Vigneault, but Mike Yo and, and Michelle Tarion. So I'm really excited to see how this team does this year and, comes back, obviously adding Nolan Patrick after, you know, a tough, tough year with, with migraines reportedly. So I'm excited to see how he comes back and, and performs and, and how he fits into this system. Um, we've never seen him in a Lane Vigneault system. So um, just everybody improving and, and building off what they did last year. And I think they'll have even more success. Yeah, Mike, I'll throw it over to you because you're wearing a Nolan Patrick jersey and you were obviously disappointed to not see him play. Uh, but listen, he's the second overall pick in 2016 NHL draft or 2017 NHL draft. But um, listen, he had a lot of um, you know, 
high praise leaving, you know, Brandon Weekings entering the draft. And, and the, when the Flyers picked him up, it was a huge get, but he has not lived up to the full hype that we've seen. So, but Lane Vignon said in camp that he's been one of the best players in camp. What are your expectations for Nolan? And where do you think a reasonable bar is to set him at entering this year? I think great. Maybe it's like a third line, fourth line center, sort of get his feet moving. I mean, he's played in these scrimmages, but there's nowhere near up to pace that the NHL game is going to get, especially in a shortened season. Guys are going to be going crazy. Um, I think he's had plenty of time all season to watch film and see AV system, see where AV wants him to fit in. So I think he's got a pretty good idea of where he stands with AV and probably what he wants from him. So I think Nolan Patrick can definitely throw up maybe probably 40, 50 points in a shortened season. I think that's a good benchmark. I don't think he's going to do anything super crazy, but I definitely think he's going to be super effective. Yeah, and Ryan, I think the expectation, obviously, for the Flyers is they moved off a lot of old guys this offseason, a lot of veterans, and they've and they've looks like they're going to be relying on a lot of younger players, obviously, uh, with Patrick come back, Len Blom, uh, Morgan Frost can maybe find himself in the, the lineup as well. So what are your expectations uh, for this year for adjusting from a different roster, from more of a of a younger presence more so than last year with a, a lot of veterans in the lineup like that, uh, that left, obviously, this offseason? I mean, yeah, I guess I like to have the young guys in the lineup. Uh, it shows a lot of trust that Chuck Fletcher has in this team. Um, but we also still have to give credit to Ron Hextall for drafting these young guys. I'm curious on how, uh, you know, you could also say Travis Konecki's still young. I want to see how he responds back after having a great regular season and he really didn't do anything in the postseason at all. Um, I'm curious on how if Farabee was gonna, is going to have the sophomore year slump, they say. And even you can even look at Scott Lawton. He had his probably his best year as a flyer last year, and hopefully he can keep up to pace. He's still relatively young. Um, but overall, I think the one guy we're just going to circle is Nolan Patrick because, you know, he, like you said, he went second overall and not have him for an entire year is just huge, and you just don't want him to be a bust. Yeah, no, and, it was, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of young players can make an impact this year, um, you know, this year, but there's also the young, young players – Tonight that we're going to be seeing, obviously, Tyson Forrester, Zade Wisdom, two guys who have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of a lot of scouts talking about what they could do down the line. But really tonight is going to be looking at these, you know, the Flyers finally back. It's exciting. But I think the one you know, guy I think everybody's going to be looking at is Carter Hart. And obviously, he's, he made a huge impact last year. And looking the way he did in the playoffs at such a young age, you don't really see that a lot from goaltenders, especially in the NHL, making that jump. But, Mark, I'll throw it to you. What are your expectations for Carter Hart this year? I know that we've thrown out Vesna a couple of times. I know those are some lofty goals from such a young player uh, at, you know, at, at his stage of the career. But we haven't seen a, a goaltender like this really come, you know, to Philadelphia at such a young age, probably since um, – I'm slipping, I forget his name – uh, well, time ahead, I'll probably think about it when I come back. But really, it's it's really rare to see somebody this young making a big impact like he has. Yeah, he just, I mean, just the way he prepares and, and commits for, you know, his commitment to the game is is unreal. Um, you know, coming out of coming out of the, I'm pretty sure, WHL where he played, um, you know, won that award for goaltender of the year <clears throat> two years uh, in a row. And, and from there, you know, just showed that he was the prospect that a lot of us believed him to be. And and ever since coming to the NHL, I mean, the unreal streak he had uh, last year, I believe he had 12 straight home wins. Um, and, and he looked great in the playoffs. Obviously, the experience was not there as, as he's still very young. Um, but I feel like how he performed last year in the playoffs is only going to, you know, make him better this year. Um, and, and, you know, with, a, with the team poised for a deep playoff run like this Flyers team, 
and how it's been constructed. I think he's going to be the guy um, that leads the charge and, and with great goaltending, um, you know, normally comes a, a deep playoff run. So I'm excited to see how he does this year. And, and I'm excited to see, obviously, how he, how he comes out tonight and, and performs as well. All right. Well, there is a game tonight, but the Flyers do play uh, their, their official opener Wednesday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Obviously, the schedule dropped about a couple weeks ago, but the Flyers are going to be opening up against their rival. It's going to be a two-game series, and they play Friday as well. And then they host Buffalo for two games in a row, and then they go on the road for the first time in the season against Boston for uh, the first road trip of the season. But um, Mike, I'll throw it to you. The, the divisions were realigned. I have to pull them up to make sure I get them exactly right, but this is a different look, obviously. It's going to be mostly the Eastern Conference. Boston's going to be in the division. Uh, I believe Washington, Pittsburgh, some familiar teams within the Metropolitan Division. But, you know, I, I believe the top four teams make the division uh, or make the playoffs if you are in the top four of your own division. So what are your expectations for the Flyers standing-wise, and how do you think they match up with other teams uh, within this division? I think the Flyers match up really well. I mean – so far, if just on social media alone, I've seen the Flyers ranked number one. A lot of uh, NHL Instagram accounts have shown him, shown the Flyers to go number one. Um, I mean, I'm not super worried about any of the teams like the Penguins. Um, I'm not really – who else is in our division? The Bruins could definitely give us still some Boston. power. They've lost, they lost Tory Crude. They lost Zdeno Chara. Um, the Islanders are always tough, but – I really think the Flyers can put it together this year. They got a second year now with AV's system. Uh, we got pieces coming back like Nolan Pat and Oscar Lindblom, like we talked about. Um, I definitely think that we can finish first. I mean, the team looks deadly. Carter Hart is is the real deal, like Mark was saying. So I can see a first overall finish. Yeah, and 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 the teams obviously is going to be the Eastern Division. It's going to be Boston, the Buffalo Sabers, um, a young team obviously centered around Jack Eichel. New, New Jersey Devils also a young team who's drafted a lot of um, pretty nice young prospects over the season. The New York Islanders obviously we all know what they're capable of as the Flyers lost to them last year in the playoffs. The New York Rangers who picked up the number one overall pick, Alexei Lafreniere, uh, he's going to set in to be a huge impact for uh, the team in New York. Philadelphia obviously Pittsburgh who is on a little more of the downslope after, you know, um, aging uh, players and, and not having a lot of picks. And then Washington Capitals, uh, Peter Laviette now coming into Washington to coach that team. So there's Ryan, I'll throw to you. Out of all those teams really in that division, who do you think is the biggest threat compared to the Flyers? Uh, I guess you can circle around three teams. Uh, you could say, obviously, Boston's one. I would not count out the Islanders, the Islanders as well. And I'm just going to say Peter LaViolette and the uh, the Washington Capitals. I mean, LaViolette has great success as a first-year head coach everywhere he goes. Um, their goaltending is a little question, uh, especially losing Lundqvist. I thought that was going to be a great one-two punch um, down there. Added bringing in Chara is going to be huge for them as well, uh, just for, like, the penalty kill and stuff. And, you know, you never can count out OV, Backstrom, and all them. But um, for me, I think it's just the Islanders just because of that system that Barry Trotz has with them is just, it's great. And I just would be happy if the Flyers can split, like maybe go four and four against the Islanders this year or just something, just because of how good the Islanders are. I think they're very underrated um, heading into last year as well until obviously they made noise in the playoffs. But um, if this Flyers seem like going back to what, what Mike was saying, if they don't get first overall or like at least make the playoffs, it's going to be a huge disappointment. And I just, you know, just they just have to get in. Every team in this division, you could say, is really good. Um, besides the Devils, um, Buffalo might even have a great year too as well. Um, but 
like I said, just the three teams to circle around are going to be Boston, the Islanders, and the uh, Capitals. No, I agree. And, and really, there's a lot of teams in this division that are young and not proven. Buffalo, I know that people are a little more optimistic about them, but they're still young. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, they're a really young team. The Rangers are a young team, but they do have a lot of star talent up front. And obviously, like you alluded to before, there's Washington, Pittsburgh, the, uh, the Islanders, and then Boston. You know, from last year, it was a really dominant team. Mark, what, what do you think about those divisions, or where do you think the Flyers stand in the Eastern Division uh, compared to all the other teams? I mean, I, I look at goaltending here, and, and just to stick in the Eastern Division real quick before we hop off that point, um, you know, like, like you were pointing out as, as well as Ryan about some of these lower teams. I mean, there's a lot of good teams here, but, you know, I think the Flyers have the best goaltender in the East. Um, you know, Tuka Rask departed from the bubble last year due to some um, family matters. So, you know, I mean, you know, no disrespect, but you don't know where his hat, where his head is this year and, and where he's going to play at. Um, so for the Flyers to, to really win this division, they need to get the goaltending uh, from Carter Hart that's expected. Um, and, and I don't really see, you know, much, much other issue for them to win this division. Uh, but overall, just in all the divisions, I think the Flyers do have the hardest division, uh, just in terms of talent, um, offensively and defensively, even though the goaltending is not as great for the Flyers. Um, I still think it's still going to be tough to, to pull out some wins, especially against the Islanders. I think Pittsburgh, obviously, since they're on the downslope, um, they're still going to give the Flyers a game every time they play them and definitely Washington. Um, I think the last two years, they just haven't had a lot of success due to, you know, Trotz leaving and, and Todd Reardon's system being implemented. Didn't really look like they wanted to play for him. So I'm excited to see Laviolette in there and, and see maybe if it brings a change um, to Washington. And all right, so we'll, we'll do this before we move on to the next segment. I, I, we're going to do uh, one player that you think is going to have the biggest impact next year or do better than uh, expectations are set out, and then a player is going to do worse than you think their current expectations is at. So I'll start with this. I, I think a player that's going to exceed expectations going into this year is Joel Farabee. I, I think that he showed a lot of promise in the playoffs. I think he's a, a much more skilled scorer than really what a lot of the Flyers have offensively, even though they, were, they had a lot of playmakers over the past couple of years, but I think they finally have – um, some more players can put the puck in the net. And I know the Flyers drafted Tyson Forrester for that, with that expectation too, but he's not going to be ready for at least a couple of years. So I think that Joel Farabee is really going to set up. He's going to be put in a position where I think he could play with Drew and playing with a guy like that. He's been around forever and, and obviously has the resume as he does. It's going to do wonders for his game. So I'm going to say Joel Farabee is going to have uh, the biggest impact. And then someone who's going to have a less of an impact, I think, is Jacob Voracek. I think he's more on the downslope of his career. I still think he's a good player. I, and there's still nights where he goes out and is one of the best players on the Flyers roster. But his skill set is obviously is diminishing a little bit. And he's probably not as fast as I think as he once was. But he's still strong on the puck. He can still make plays, especially down low. So I, I think he'll probably be slotted right around that third line. And and like what the layman just said with camp, he said that Jake Vorchek's going to have to earn his minutes. So I don't know what kind of camp he's had but it sounds like maybe it's not really meeting the expectations that L.A. Vigneault had of him. So I'm kind of suggesting that we're seeing these young guys starting to come in. I, I really see Joel Farabee having a really good year with this team and, and taking a big step forward. So uh, whoever wants to go next, I don't really care. I think Phil Myers is really going to step up and have a huge impact. I think he's going to flourish in that role with Provorov. Uh, he showed little glimpses of elite talent in the Islanders series. We scored the game winner in overtime. Uh, he's not afraid to shoot the puck. He's huge. 
Um, he's a big body. He's definitely uh, a force on the ice. And I think he's going to learn a lot from Provorov. So um, I think he's going to grow more in this role. And he's going to be a real good shut down, big body first defenseman. And then somebody that I think is under going to underperform despite already having a bad rep is JVR. Um, I just don't really see JVR coming back up. Uh, he seems to be on the downward slope. He's really slow. He's kind of doesn't really back check. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if he wants to come out and, and skate hard. But I think he could uh, be up for grabs maybe in the expansion draft. Well, yeah, listen, the Phil Myers point was good. Is they Really, the Flyers got him for a steal this offseason, signed to an extension. It was really for cheap money. And But JVR, that's a good point. I thought that really looks like him or maybe Scott Walton. I know that you're higher on Scott Walton then obviously I am, but he may be up for expansion draft too. But JVR obviously is, is kind of up with all that money still. It's still finding his way out of the lineup. So Ryan, I'll throw it to you. Uh, one player they think is going to over exceed expectations and one player is going to under exceed expectations. Uh, I'm going with Oscar Limbaugh. I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, just before he went down with cancer, he had what 20 something points, especially when the Flyers were struggling for the first month, month and a half of the season. Um, you know, Oscar, I think he fits what AV wants to do in the system. Uh, he can play anywhere one through four with him. I thought he looked, you know, just beating cancer was phenomenal to, to see. And, you know, it'd be nice to see him actually put a nice year together. Um, honestly, with whatever line he wants to play with. And for a, a player that I feel like is going to go downhill is uh, Scott Lawton. You know, we've been talking about Scott Lawton ever since he got drafted and he finally had, had one good year, and I think he's a one-year uh, wonder with him. And I just wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he's going to be gone. And I just like the key points with Voracek, you know, with what you said, Connor and Mike, with um, JVR as well. Um, you know, it's just we're going to lose a key player like that um, that's been around for this team for the past six years with with, with Seattle coming up in the league. So, uh, you know, it's just going to be a curious season just overall with this team. Yeah, I think the Limbaugh point was is really good. And, and listen, he led the team in goals before he was diagnosed with cancer. He's a real impact player. And the reason why we've seen JVR fade out of the uh, out of the lineup so much because Limbaugh does everything I think JVR does is get goals in front of the net. And I think he does it better. He's younger. He's quicker. And um, he has a really big upside. <laughs> What's up? Cheaper, too, with the contract. Very cheaper. And and the the Scott Walton point's good, too. I actually like Walton on the fourth-line center. I don't like dislike him as a player. I think that's really a really good role for him to be in and being surrounded by like Raffle and I forget who else would be on that fourth line if it, trying to come to my top of my head. But Bell, who? I'll make you Bell. I'll make you Yeah, and, and I like him a lot too. He's a good player. So I, just, I think. What's that? I just feel like Lawton's just preventing like a player like Frost to play, and I'd rather see Frost yeah. play over Lawton just because Lawton's like you know man he, like he's been here for so long. I think JVR. I think JVR is preventing like a player that. like. Yeah, because yeah, you can't just, put Frost in a fourth-line center position. I wouldn't do that. That's what I was going to say. I think if, if Frost is going to come up, he needs to be on the third line or higher. He doesn't. Yeah, he can't play the fourth line. He's not that type of guy. But I no, I, but just because he's 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 an energy guy. Really, he kind of goes out there and kind of makes some noise. He's yeah, he's perfect player. for the fourth line. I get your yeah, point. I, like I get your point, Ryan. But um, if if Frost is coming up, he needs to put a little more muscle on. I think, and I think he needs to be a third if he's capable second line player i mean he's got that that type of skill in this game no, no yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind frost playing with like a haze like I'm, I'm just saying just in general like you don't need to plug frost in the fourth line obviously you're gonna have to change the lineup mm -hmm. but i you know i feel like lawton's time's up 
no, it, it's it, but listen, I'm, I'm excited to see obviously all four lines and how they fit and how, how all these players fit with each other. Mark, I'll throw it to you. Uh, one player you think is gonna exceed expectations, and one player you think is gonna regress. Yeah, so I'm you know I'm gonna start with the bad here, and, and this really pains me to say. It. I'm, I'm sorry, Mike, but I really um. You know, I think Claude Giroux's on the decline here. Um, oh, man, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that guy. I was wrong with Voracek, and then, you know, I kind of thought about the older core. But, you know, I, I really hope he doesn't underperform, but I don't think he's going to have as good as a year as, as everyone wants him and, and expect him to have. Um, you know, in my mind, he is still a, a 60 to 70-point guy, possibly. You can put down a year, maybe closer to 60 than 70. But – you know, I just don't think he's going to perform to where people want him to. Um, but on the flip side, I think this guy's gotten nothing but disrespect this this offseason, you know, with these defensemen lists coming out. And, and he's not even on the top 20 when you guys when you got guys like P.K. Subban and, and some <laughs> other guys on there. It makes no no sense to me. So my guy that I think is going to come out really overperform this year is going to be Provorov. Um, I really see this defensive core getting really involved and and being more offensive defensemen when, you know, you got guys like Phil Myers and, and Travis Sanheim um, and, and Cam York, who's a great prospect in, in the world juniors that can be a great offensive defenseman as well. But, you know, I really think Provorov's going to get involved here. And, and you know, with Giroux's career on, on the back nine here, um, you know, I think he also wants to prove he can be a great leader and, and a captain um, you know, for the Philadelphia Flyers when that comes up for grabs. So I really think he's going to have a great year. He's really going to, you know, take bigger of a leadership role. Um, and, and if they do obviously make this deep playoff run, which we really expect, it's going to be Carter Hart and, and the leadership of, of these younger now vet guys like Provorov. I agree. Oh, no, Ryan, you got to make a point. I'm just going to say, every time someone counts out Giroux, he always has a great bounce back year. So, That's exactly what I did. I know what I did. <laughs> I just, I, I just he watches the show like actively, that. Ryan. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> just like how his Rams pick turned out what? all the way up in August. Oh, yeah. Rams. Just, turned out. just want to shout that out. Rams going to the next round. Yeah. Yeah, but um, listen, the the Flyers actually are, I believe, I, they're about to start soon in this inter-squad game. And I saw a picture of Nolan Patrick on the ice, which is just great to see because, listen, I've – I've had high expectations ever since he's been drafted by the Flyers. And was, I don't know if he's going to be as good as a Sean Couturier or somebody like that. But I really think that down the line that he still has a lot to offer for his team. He's still really young. I believe he's 22 years old. And that's still really young for this league. And he has a lot of, you know, he has a couple more years till I think he hits his physical prime. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, you know, we can wrap it up if you guys want to, unless you guys want to talk about anything else, any type of key points coming down with the season uh, on the way. Um, anything that you're expecting uh, you know, we could look obviously at the schedule and, and this upcoming Flyers Penguins. This is the first time I think in a while the Flyers and the Penguins open up with, with each other facing each other, especially in Philadelphia, which is obviously the first time there'll be no fans in the stadium forever. Just be a Flyers Penguins game to open the year, but it's gonna be exciting. So, I'll, I'll throw this question to you guys Flyers Penguins, um, Mike, what do you expect? This is a huge rivalry, but the Penguins are kind of on the downslope here. And it, 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 Crosby, another year older, Malkin, another year older, they, they've given away multiple uh, first-round picks for, you know, try to key up, you know, fill holes. So what do you think about this rivalry? Where do you think this goes the next couple of years? I think it's definitely leaning more towards the Flyers' direction. Um, the Penguins have been our nemesis forever and seem to be better than us recently. Um, but now it's definitely starting to swing towards the Flyers. But uh, this Flyers-Penguins game coming up is not going to be easy. No Flyers-Penguins game ever is. Crosby seems to outperform everybody on the ice, especially when it's in Philly. So 
Um, it's definitely going to be a tough one, so I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. First game of the season, guys are going to be really pumped. I hope it's definitely going to be an intense game. But I think Flyers are going to take the first game. I think we're definitely going to mm-hmm. take the first game. Score prediction? Can we do one? Throw it out there. Uh, all right, I'm going to say 5-2. Five, five, okay. I want in. One or Making two. A- Okay, make it a big statement. Ryan, what do you think? This is the, a rivalry that's really leaning Penguins in the past you know, five to six years, but it looks like it's turning its way for the Flyers. Uh, yeah, what, what Mike said, I think it's really tur- turning towards the Flyers side of the state, which is you know, great to hear. Uh, the past couple of years has been kind of sad as a Flyers fan seeing Pittsburgh win the Cubs back-to-back. But um, honestly, I'm just curious on, you know, I feel like the first period – um, headed in the second period as well. It's going to be really slow hockey. You know, players are going to start finding their legs. And, um, you know, Flyers, obviously, one of the deepest teams in the league. They have great goaltending, Carter Hart and Brian Elliott. And I just think, you know, you're just going to have to play the system that A.B. implements, and I wouldn't be surprised if Flyers win. I'm going to say 3 nothing. 3 nothing. All right, Mark, what do you think of this, this Flyers team, young and upcoming, and this Penguins team, obviously, on the downslope of their, um, you know, their franchise. What do you think about this upcoming opener against the Penguins? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I think this is a start of a, a very exciting hockey season, you know, real quick, 56 games. So a lot of teams, you know, interdivisional are going to be playing each other a lot. And I think whoever wins this game, it, you know, it's going to be a big statement here throughout the season. Um, and, and I do see the Flyers winning this. I see, again, as I made the point earlier, Flyers have the better goaltender, uh, you know, Hart versus Jari. Now that Murray's up in Ottawa. Um, I personally think they have better defense and, and at the, you know, right now with Crosby and Malkin, um, I think it's pretty close for, for who has the better offense. So um, it's going to be close. Like Mike said, no ever, you know, no games ever easy against Pittsburgh. Uh, So I'm going to go Flyers three, two in overtime and uh, overtime winner is going to be hazy. All right, I'm going to go Flyers. They defeat the Penguins. I'm going to be at 4-2. I'm going to think it's be a big game from Sean Couturier. I think he'll make a statement. And I think that he's just been, you know, forgotten about. I saw there's a list earlier by the, I think it was the NHL Network who put out like a top like 25, 30 player list and he wasn't on it or a top like 20, like, I don't know. It was like a weird thing, but like Couturier wasn't there. And I feel like he's uh, always forgotten about. So I'd say he has a big game. So before we end, make a quick NHL Stanley Cup prediction. Um, I, I know I have mine. I'm going to just say it. I have the Flyers obviously going to the Eastern Conference. I'm not biased at all, obviously, but I want the Flyers. I think this is the year they make the statement and make the run. They have enough talent. Um, and I'm going to have the Colorado Avalanche coming out of the West. I think that Nathan McKinnon, who's he's one of the best players in hockey, and he's just so fun to watch. And I think that the Avalanche had a real good year last year, but I think they make the statement and the jump this year just like the Flyers. So I think it's going to be exciting. Avalanche, Flyers, Mike, what do you think? I think it's uh, definitely going to be up there with the Flyers and the Lightning in the East and maybe the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, like you said, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, since they got Petriangelo, that's going to be pretty tough on D. Um, I'd say maybe Flyers. I'll take Flyers Avalanche as well. I really like that. Ryan, what do you think? I'm I'm not going to be a homer. I don't see this Flyers team making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think the Lightning are just overall a better team. I think we're we're going to make the East Finals. I think it's it's going to go to Game Seven and it's going to be a coin flip. But I just think the Lightning having the experience um, is going to be huge. But also they don't have Kucherov, so. Honestly, I just need to see the Flyers play good consistently, and I think it's just too early to tell with this team making it to the Cup. But coming out of the West, I'm going to throw a sleeper team. I think the St. Louis Blues will make it back to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think Tory Crews is going to have a great year for them. 
Uh, so I'm going to go with Blues, and I'm going to say Tampa Bay Lightning. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, so again, I'm, I know this is going to surprise you guys, but yeah, I'm not taking Flyers to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. I'm going to have them going to the Eastern Conference, but I don't have them going to the Finals. It's another step here. I think this team's very, very close, but in the end, I think it's going to come down uh, to experience, and, and I think the Flyers are actually going to face Washington um, in the Eastern Conference Final if, if that can play out. Uh, but in the Cup, I would have Washington and Colorado. I think Colorado is on the verge for the best team in the NHL. Um, so that's going to be my Stanley Cup final prediction. It is a rough draft, by the way. This this is uh, possibly can change. Listen, there's a lot of things that could change now from the summer as the NHL playoffs begin, but I'd like to appreciate Ryan, Mike, for coming on, uh, giving their insight of the Flyers and what to expect this upcoming season. Make sure you stick around. Jordan Hall interview after this. going on guys now we are bringing on jordan hall he is an nbc sports philadelphia reporter for the flyers also has a uh, podcast out um what's the podcast called again is it part of is it flyers talk yeah flyers talk podcast on nbc uh, sports philadelphia.com awesome and you can follow him on twitter as well at j hall mbcs uh jordan thanks for so much for coming on today how you doing i'm doing well guys i appreciate having me no great and, and thanks for coming on as and now the flyers are really uh it's you know it was a quicker off season than usual, and on Wednesday they're going to be set to do battle against the Pittsburgh Penguins to open the uh, 2021 season. Um, I've noticed now you have that your new podcast, Flyers Talk. Would you mind just telling us uh, the listeners about the podcast and uh, where we could listen it to? Absolutely, yeah. So it's myself and Brooke Desher, who is one of my colleagues at NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, and yeah, we talk all things Flyers. We do about two podcasts a week, uh, hit on a lot of topics from analysis to just breaking down practices games and um and yeah you can find it on all the podcast platforms you can subscribe there you can rate it and uh yeah we just try to talk all things flyers and we have fun with it um and we try to take in some questions on social media and try to answer those as well so we try to be interactive with with uh readers so it's fun it's it's totally flyer centric and that's what we love yeah no nah, jordan thanks again so much for coming on man uh another reoccurring guest here uh just yep. wanted to throw that out there <laughs> <laughs> but um you know just diving in obviously with with the season storm we had the inner squad game yesterday uh he's had two goals and and patrick had a goal i'm pretty sure um i blake you bell had a, had a pretty nice nip um at some point in that game but you know from that game what guys caught your eye and, and you know what even possible potential line or or guys that are bubble guys call your eye I thought one first and foremost I thought it was great just to see Nolan Patrick not only did he score a goal but he was out there he was effective he looked like himself um and he afterward he said he's ready to go he's he's gearing up for Wednesday the season opener and uh that is such a crazy contrast to where he was you know last January where we spoke to him the December before that January and you know, he was honest. He said it was a, he was in an awful spot just with his migraine disorder. He said the, the process was, uh, I don't want to curse, but he said it was shitty and wavy. <laughs> Those were his words. So um, to see where he is now, this, you know, this January, gearing up for a new season um, is huge for the Flyers. It's huge for him. So, so first and foremost, I thought that was great to see uh, on, on multiple fronts for the Flyers and Nolan Patrick. As far as a line that really caught my eye, I thought the Farabee, Kevin Hayes, Claude Drew line was really good. Uh, they they started real loudly. 
Uh, Farabee was great on both of those goals by Kevin Hayes. Drew was very good. Um, so I think to see Claude Giroux go away from Sean Couturier and play as well as he did is a huge thing because a lot of times Sean Couturier's success and Claude Giroux's success, they were tied together. Um, Sean Couturier had his breakout season at center when Claude Giroux had his breakout season or resurgent season along the wing. So to see those two be able to be separated and still play well, I thought was huge. So I expect Claude Giroux, Joel Farabee, and Kevin Hayes to stay together for the season opener. And I expect Oscar Lindblom, Travis Konechny, and Sean Couturier to make up that, that top line. If those two lines are showing the chemistry and playing well, uh, the Flyers are a lot tougher to play against. They'll be deep. And then all of a sudden, that third line with Nolan Patrick is kind of underrated, under the radar, but it's going to be a pretty intriguing line. Voracek, Van Riemsdyk, Patrick, three guys with size, skill. Um, that, again, is in your bottom six. So, But for me, the, it started with Farabee, Giroux, and Hayes. Um, we weren't quite sure to see how those three would play together, and uh, they looked pretty good. Yeah, and two guys that stuck out to me, um, you know, coming into this season was Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom. Obviously, Patrick coming off the mind disorder and Oscar Lindblom coming off his cancer diagnosis. Now they're both back. Uh, you know, and, and an interesting comment from Elaine Vigneault, he said that Patrick was one of the best players he saw in camp. So we're really seeing uh, Patrick kind of emerge really in his first full year on the AV system. So what do you expect from Nolan and Oscar uh, coming into this year and how big of a role do you think they're going to play with the team in 2021? Yeah, those two are make or break guys to their depth. Uh, if they're not themselves or if they didn't, if they weren't able to start the season um, out of the shoot and if they weren't healthy, then all of a sudden you're kind of worried about the team's depth at forward. When they're in the picture, uh, they look really deep on paper. There's no doubt about it. Scott Lawton is their fourth line center. He led the team in goals in the return to play tournament. That's how deep they are when they have Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom. As far as what to expect, I think it really will be, I know it's a cliche, but it will really will be a game-to-game thing. Oscar Lindblom mentioned that he felt like he really rebuilt his body in terms of muscle mass and kind of shedding fat and stuff like that over the offseason. Obviously, he was going through cancer treatments, and then when he returned in the playoffs for those two games, um, he only had about a week or so to really prepare and train for that. So he was not himself this offseason. He really got after it, but he admitted it could take some time for him to really return to form to what he was doing before his cancer diagnosis. And we all know he was pretty good. He was tied for the team leading goals with 11. Uh, He was projected to finish with 30 over a full 82 game season. I don't know if we're going to see that out of the shoot, but it could take some time. But if he does eventually get back to that level, that's a really effective player that can play special teams uh, and is very good at five on five complimenting guys can kind of scale your lineup. With Patrick, same thing. I think it will be game to game, but the positives are he's experienced no road bumps. Um, He he hasn't had any uh, blockades in terms of getting to where he needs to be. Um, So far, so good, and that's a positive. I I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect with him going into camp. Um, Third line center, I think he just needs to go out there, be a 200-foot player, and not try to to focus on putting up a ton of points. Just go out there, play 200 feet, um, set up his line mates, and I think the Flyers will take that. Uh, him in the lineup, I think you'll take. I'm, I think right now there's real no expectations for him. He doesn't have to go out and score a ton of goals and a, po- a ton of points. Just be effective, and I think that's a positive. 
Yeah, and um, you know, Jordan, just not even ten minutes in this podcast, I'm I'm already super stoked for this season, and and the season hasn't even started yet with these names we're throwing out coming back in the lineup, and these are young guys. I mean, these guys still have a lot of career in front of them. Um, everything I've heard from what you're saying and the reports of Patrick and Limblom, it sounds really promising. But now shifting to the, I don't want to say tier lower, but tier lower just in regards to age. What do you expect from some of these younger guys? I know Max Friedman uh, is going to make the team and, and be a part of that eight-man defensive core. Uh, you got Frost, who's a bubble guy, um, probably would only come up and play the, the second or third line if he's ready. So we got to see about that. But then you got guys like Farabee, Carson uh, Tawinski, and, and Nick Oblake-Cubell. Where do you see these guys roll? And do you see all these guys possibly playing this year? Yeah, great question. They do have a ton of youth uh... – they have a lot of youth on their back end, but also in their forward group in the bottom six. Some are set in stone. Joel Farabee is going to play every game. He's going to be in a pretty prominent role. He looks really good. He's put on weight. He wants to hold on to the puck more and make plays with it. I think he thought he was more of a role guy last year. And, and I think he was a 19-year-old rookie. So there was some hesitancy in his game. He was quick to give up the puck. I think he's going to look a lot more confident, especially when he's playing with guys like uh, Claude Drew and Kevin Hayes. Nicholas Albi-Kubel, again, first full year for him, and he looks really good. You know what you're going to get from him. He's going to be a relentless four-checker, an opportunistic scorer. Uh, he can play both special teams. I think he's going to see more PK this year than he does power play, especially when they're healthy. But um, a guy that's going to be there night in, night out. They, they know what they have in him uh, in Nicholas Albi-Kubel. Guys like Morgan Frost, Connor Bunneming, Carson Trinsky, they're going to be fighting for spots, and they need, what they need to do is just be ready for when the Flyers need it. It's going to be a weird season because it's condensed. Um, there's less uh, there's less time for rest and recovery, uh, but there's also not as much travel. So that helps in terms of the recovery. But uh, in hockey, it's I remember Chuck Fletcher once said uh, when they got some guys last year at the trade deadline, Derek Grant, A. Thompson, he said, hey, we want to be ready for when hockey happens. And what he meant there was that injuries happen in hockey. It's a physical game. You're going to have guys that uh, – that might miss time. Um, and we saw it at the end of last year before the stoppage, they lost James Van Riemsdyk, they lost Philip Myers, and then boom, uh, the pause happened. But they were set to go down the stretch without some key guys. So uh, those types of players, uh, they could be on the taxi squad. They might see some time in Lehigh Valley, but the biggest thing is just stay ready. And all it takes is one or two games of an opportunity. And if you run with it, all of a sudden you could see yourself getting more games. But a lot of talent, a lot of youth, I think that's a big reason why the Flyers did not go out and do anything in the offseason. Not only did the flat cap hurt them, but they really liked what they had in-house, and they're going to trust it. Another guy is Linus Sandin. They signed him out of the SHL. Um, I think he might be on their taxi squad. We'll find out soon. But um, a, a solid bottom six forward um, with some skill, with some tenacity, um, can complement guys, and I think he'll be in the picture as well. Where do you view uh, veterans on, on this roster? Guys like Claude Giroux, uh, Jake Voracek, JVR, uh, another guy. And, and where do you see them not only on, on this year and where they fit on this roster in 2021, but really down the line? I know JVR has been mentioned with the upcoming expansion draft for Seattle's team uh, in, in summer. But obviously, uh, G's another year older. And Voracek um, was under, I don't know if it was criticism, but AV made a comment that he's got to fight for some minutes. So I don't know what kind of role Voracek could be playing in 2021. So where do you see those three guys? guys and where they stand right now with the the current team yeah I think those three are um they're very oper they're very optimistic I think about this season I think a lot of them have been through some difficult years with the Flyers JVR obviously had his you know a longer stint in Toronto 
But Voracek and Drew have been here for a while. And um, Voracek, particularly, Elaine Vigneault came out the other day and said, I challenged him about his playoff record, that he's only won two rounds in the playoffs um, in his NHL career. And uh, so, he, you know, he won a first round. Um, I believe it was back in 2012-13, I believe, which was the last time. No, excuse me. I know. I think it was 2011-12. He was on that team, and they won a playoff round. Uh, that was the previous time they had won a playoff round until Elaine Vigneault came, and then Borchek won his second with Vigneault this past season. I think Elaine Vigneault is challenging them to say, hey, we are not about getting into the playoffs and just winning a round. Uh, what I'm trying to do here is win multiple rounds, get far, and contend for the Stanley Cup. I think he's trying to just shift the mindset here in Philadelphia from what it's been over the past seven to eight years. Um, as far as those three, I think there's a bit of a sense of urgency that, yeah, you know, they've been here for a while and things could change soon. Claude Drew's in the second to last year of his deal, and they're going to have a huge decision there when he can become a free agent. Uh, Jacob Forjek's under contract, but he's getting older, and you wonder where he could be. Um, and, and the team is so young and it's, there's an op, there's a positive vibe about where they could do what they could do this season. Um, you want to take advantage of every year is precious, especially for guys that are getting older and especially for James Van Riemsdyk getting older, he's playing in a bottom six role and he's got to go out and prove himself. Um, and then, you know, you have the expansion draft looming. I don't know what's going to happen there. We have to see who the flyers protect, who they don't. But, um, I think those three guys know that crossroads is somewhat nearing soon for them. And uh, you got to take advantage of this season. I think they know this might be one of their best shots. At least the Flyers know, I think this is one of their best shots they've probably had in about 10 years to seriously contend, to seriously vie for the Stanley Cup. Um, and they want to take advantage of it. It's a weird, unique, crazy season. Uh, but there's, that does not mean uh, there's not an opportunity at hand for them. And I think all three of them realize, realize it. I think Claude Drew, personally, from what I saw at training camp, he looked in great shape. He looked extremely motivated, extremely competitive. Um, I thought he looked thinner. I could, you could just tell he really got after it in the offseason, trained hard, and I think he realizes that, uh, this is a really good shot for him. Yeah, so uh, real quick, I did want to make a correction, Jordan. I did mess up. It's Mark Friedman, actually. Yeah, Mark Friedman, yep. Um, so I did I did look it up. I fact-checked myself. So, you know, okay. ever uh, hear the Philadelphia Flyers, Mark. But uh, we'll move on here. So sticking on the defensive end um, of the Flyers this year, uh, this, is a, this is a kind of a two-parter. So how do you see this defensive pairings um, shaping out? Who do you see Provorov uh, playing with? And what do you see uh, is the third pairing here this year? It's a weird picture right now because Shane Gossespierre got the first crack with Provorov when the, when the defensive pairs were put together and they had meeting in camp. Um, Elaine Vigneault put Gossespierre up there with them for two days. And then Gossespierre recently over the past few days, the final two days of camp, he was unfit to play. And we don't know exactly why. They can't really disclose why he wasn't out there. So we're not sure. I'm not sure if he was hurt. Um, if it's COVID-19 related, I'm not going to speculate, but we'll find out soon when they announce the roster. And obviously when Wednesday comes, we'll see where Shane Gossespierre is with his status. But I think eventually my gut tells me Philip Myers will get a good crack there. It's just so much upside. Um, I think they've been bullish on his upside for a while now. And I, I think he could take some serious strides. I think they might ease him into it and not put too much on his plate. And I know they like his pair with Travis Sanheim young pair that can really get up and down the ice, make plays. Um, and they played well together down the stretch, but I think eventually Philip Myers has 
um, what it takes to play alongside Ivan Provorov. Uh, in the intra-squad scrimmage, it was Justin Braun, but I don't foresee that. I just see Justin Braun more as a second, third pair guy, um, kind of a keep it simple guy. I just don't know if they're going to put that many minutes on his plate with Ivan Provorov. So for me, I think it'll eventually be Philip Myers, but the good thing is they have options. I think that's how good their defensive group is. They have a lot of younger options. They have a veteran like Justin Braun who can slide up there and kind of know what to do with Ivan Provorov. Um, as for the third pair, I really think they'll just go with a keep it simple type of group. And that's Robert Haig and Justin Braun, two guys that are stay at home. Um, don't do too much other than kill plays when the puck gets in the defensive zone and they quickly get it going North. Um, that's all you, you really want. Um, I thought they were going to try to spark Shane Gossespierre and really play him in a prominent role early to try to get his confidence going. But who knows, who knows what the unfit to play. Um, he obviously was not available over the past couple of days, the final few days of camp, couldn't play in the intra-squad scrimmage. And that's, th that was valuable time in a camp that was only six on ice days before the regular season opener. Um, so that, that hurts his chances, but I guess we'll find out where he is. But I think if he's healthy, they're going to try to get him in there and build his confidence early. That might mean Robert Haig is an odd man out. But um, I think eventually Philip Myers will be on that top pair. I could see that happening. Um, and I think the third pair just makes sense with Robert uh, Robert Haig and Justin Braun. Let's shift to in between the pipes with Carter Hart. Um, he looked, you know, he was a little shaky, obviously, early on. He got two goals in the inter-squad game, but really settled down after. Uh, what do you make of Carter Hart this year as he's really been through a lot as a goaltender at, at that type of age? There's a lot of guys that have to uh, develop and get to a point where they can start regularly in the NHL, but he's really of a different breed and looked at uh, within the NHL as one of the upper echelon upcom upcoming goalies in this league. So what do you make of, of this year coming up for Carter and how high of hopes do you have uh, this season? And could he kind of find his way into a, a, a little bit of a Vesna talk? Yeah, I think he'll be up there. I think people are going to start talking about him with, with that award. And that's exciting. And the good thing is, as much as people pump his tires, he's never going to get, you know, into himself or egotistical. Like, that's just not who he is. He's just such an innocent 22-year-old kid who just enjoys hockey and works out hard and um, takes care of himself. Like, it's just, he doesn't buy into that. I remember when we saw him in development camp back when he was like 18 or 19, he said he deleted Twitter um, he just said he didn't really have any desire to be on it. I thought that said a lot about him. Um, so I think the sky's the limit for him. And it's refreshing that the Flyers really don't have any type of goalie worries or controversy heading into his season. You know exactly what they have. They have a 22-year-old guy that's the franchise, um, and he's going to be their number one. And they have a 35-year-old backup who's just very solid, very steady. He's going to be a good mentor, and he's going to be ready when his number's called. So – the, uh, I think the Flyers have a great situation in net. It's refreshing to finally see that. And Carter Hart is just a guy you want to build around. Young kid who cares, um, but he's never going to get too high, too low. Uh, he's mature beyond his years. Everything you hear about him is true. And uh, he works incredibly hard. He watches his diet like a 28-year-old like a pro, and he's only 22. So uh, no worries about him. And I think, yeah, eventually we will see him in that Vesna chatter. I don't know when, but um, – I think he's ready to go with this season. And it's kind of funny that over his first three years in the NHL, he has not had one normal full 82 game season when he was called up. Um, he was called up mid year when Dave Hextall was fired, when Ron Hextall was fired. Then last season, the season was shortened, paused, restarted. And then this year it's going to be shortened, condensed uh, with no fans. So I think everyone's eager for when things eventually get back to normal to see what he could do over an 82 game season with fans in the building. Uh, that will be fun to see. 
Well, I mean, obviously, Jordan, when you are writing for the least dysfunctional team in the city right now, uh, that being the Flyers, obviously the Eagles and the Phillies are not looking great. Sixers are looking good, but long season ahead. Um, how, how do you feel right now? How, how's it feel to cover this team? Is it exciting coming in every day and, and writing articles on this team? And um, I guess leading with that, um, what would you say the most exciting part uh, of your day-to-day uh, routine is right now covering this team? Yeah, it's definitely enjoyable. Obviously, you know, as, as reporters, we're unbiased. We don't cheer. We don't really care whether they win or lose. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, if they win, great for them. If they lose, <laughs> my day doesn't change. But it is enjoyable when the team is winning in the sense that it's fun. It's the, you know, the team has more energy. It's more positive vibes. You, you're thinking you could be writing about a playoff team and a team that could go far. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I always remember the 2018-19 season. That was Weirdly, it was one of the most entertaining action-packed seasons that I've ever been around the Flyers because just constant things were happening. Despite the team being awful, um, you know, they, they had a total blow up in their front office and their head coaching staff, or their coaching staff, their head coach was fired. So there was a lot going on, a lot of drama, and that actually makes it entertaining for us because it's, you know, there's constant stuff happening. But it is refreshing to be around a team with, a head coach like Elaine Vigneault, who it's he's fun to be around because he he's got some personality to him, and then also he's kind of been there, done that. You know, he's coached in four big markets now, so it's fun just being around him and ha- getting the chance to talk to him. Chuck Fletcher is a super smart guy; he knows what he's doing, and he's very personable. So um, it's always a pleasure to talk to him and get his insight. And yeah, when you see the organization in a pretty good spot and taking steps, and uh, the direction is there. Um, it makes it more enjoyable to cover. It makes it more enjoyable to be around on a day-to-day basis. So uh, for me, I've really enjoyed just kind of getting back to the facilities. I was able to get back to Voorhees, uh, New Jersey, uh, Flyer Skate Zone for the training camp. Um, So that's been great. It's fun to be around. And then I was able to be in the arena, Wells Fargo Center for the intra-squad game. It's not the same for sure. There's adjustments for everyone. But I think that's just the day-to-day stuff that I enjoy the most, whether the team is good or not. It's fun to be around people, build relationships, talk to players. Um, that's what really makes the job as fun as it is. So that's been fun for me. Um, and it's exciting when, when the team is talking about making a Stanley Cup run. Uh, you know that, you know, it, it could be a longer season. It won't be just a regular season. You could have a playoff run um, at your hands. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. The team looks good on paper. Uh, they'll have to go out there and show it in a weird year. But um, at least, you know, uh, in Philadelphia, the, you know, the Flyers are the last team to – win a playoff series or a game right now uh, in the city. And now they have the longest tenure head coach in Lane Vigneault, which is hard to believe given he's been here for one season. I want to uh, kind of focus on the world juniors that just happened uh, last week and, and Cam York and Bobby Brinks won goal for the Americans to nothing as they beat Canada in the finals. Um, obviously they performed really well. And I think it was exciting to see as Flyers fans tuned into that to see uh, their, you know, their younger players develop in front of their eyes, especially on a, a big stage like that. But where do you see, uh, Cam York and Bobby Brink and their timeline as to where they could possibly have make an impact or play in a game for the Flyers in the future. Yeah, Cam York, exciting kid out of Michigan, sophomore. I think that's going to be his last year uh, at Michigan this season. I think he'll turn pro after this year. Um, all signs point to that. He is not a three- or four-year guy, and he's doing everything right now uh, in what was a very anticipated sophomore season for him. We knew he would have a lot more on his plate at Michigan, and then what, what, ha- what happens – he becomes the captain for the U.S. and the World Juniors. They win gold, and now he's back at college um, and probably going to have 
a really good finish to his Michigan season. Um, so I expect him to turn pro after this and, uh, you know, be in Lehigh Valley with AHL affiliate Lehigh Valley Phantoms and pushing for the Flyers. They are very high on him and for good reason. Bobby Brink, tough to tell. I really like him, but he's a smaller kid. Um, and the Flyers, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to recommend him or tell him um, or suggest to him that he should maybe stay one more year at Denver, but I could foresee him. He's a sophomore at Denver, smaller winger that I think is going to continue to build strength. And um, I can see him being maybe a three-year guy at Denver. So complete his sophomore season. Um, he's doing great this year. Obviously played for us as well and won gold played a really good role. I, I could see him staying one more year as a junior and then turning pro. Uh, but very exciting kid um, who, which I thought, what I thought was very cool to see of him in the world juniors was that we know he has skill and he can make plays when he's getting up and down the ice, but he really got after it uh, near the blue paint and scored a lot of those greasy goals. And I know it's a cliche, but to see a kid of his size, his stature really um, show a willingness to go there and want to score around the net um, that's pro like stuff. And that's good to see. So I thought he was, um, just as good, really, as Cam York um, in the World Juniors. And, uh, yeah, I think the Flyers, I'm sure their development staff and their front office and management were all thrilled to see those two kids play at World Juniors. Uh, and they'll be fun kids to follow at Denver and Michigan, respectively, for their sophomore seasons. Yeah, no, to stay, and stay on the uh, World Junior topic, Jordan, a guy that wasn't highly talked about, but a uh, the, the last Flyers prospect, so there's three Flyers prospects in the World Juniors, uh, Emil Andre. Andrea, he did get um, picked in last year's draft. Uh, looks like 54th overall. Swedish defenseman, not too much size on him. 5'9", born in the birth year of 2002. Um, did you see anything from him in the World Juniors or possibly when they drafted him that could point to uh, a successful career uh, possibly down the road with the Flyers? He played a lesser role with Sweden um, in the World Juniors, so we didn't get a chance to really see him in a huge prominent role, but um. A lot to like, a guy that can really transition the puck with his legs, a skilled guy that wants to make plays um, by the point. A lot smaller, but from what I've heard, he makes up for his size with just his competitiveness and the way he gets after it. Apparently, he really embraces the physicality. Um, he doesn't shy away from that. I do worry a little bit about his size eventually when he gets to the pro level. He is not very big. I believe, like you said, Mark, he's, I think he's 5'8 or 5'9, maybe a generous 5'9. Yeah, 5'9, so he's listed yeah. as. But you do see smaller defensemen that, that have crazy skill um, and can really skate. You see them get by with that. Um, and, you know, that's a modern-day defenseman, uh, guys that are puck movers and create offense and join the rush. I think he could take a little more time. Um, but I do think he could become sort of an under-the-radar guy in their system, just given how deep they are on the blue line. Um, you have guys like Igor Zamula, Cam York, uh, Wyatt Wiley is turning pro this year, obviously. He'll be with the Phantoms. Um, Ronnie Adderd, uh, uh Mason Millman. Um, you have, they're, they, they have a lot of nice young prospects on the blue line. Uh, prospects have to become players before we really get too excited about them, but they do have a lot of, a lot of kids on the blue line. Uh, so that could make Emil Andre become sort of an under-the-radar guy. And sometimes those guys overseas uh, don't get talked about as much because we can't see them. On television, we don't see them as much as kids maybe playing in college or in the junior hockey ranks. But uh, Hobie, I got to keep tabs on. I don't think we saw the full Emil Andre in World Juniors just because of the role he, in which he played. 
Um, but it's definitely a kid to keep tabs on, but it could take a little while with him. And the NHL realigned the divisions for this upcoming season, obviously, with the uh, Canadians uh, border obviously being questioned with everything going on with the pandemic. But the Flyers got put in the new Eastern Division, uh, along with the Boston Bruins, Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. Looking at that division and where they stand against the other teams, who do you think is the biggest threat with the Flyers going into this year? I'm going to say the Bruins just because of they're the Bruins. And we know what they have up top. Um, we know their goalie and we know their pedigree. So I'm going to say the Bruins, I just think they're going to be the biggest obstacle, but Hey, Flyers played Boston really well last year. I know it's a different year. People always say like toss out last season, but I'm not going to toss it out completely. Um, a lot of these teams still look very similar. Um, and I think you can build off of what you did last season, but the season is much different. Uh, fans are not going to be in the building. Flyers can't rely on their, um, home ice advantage. As we know, they were the best home team in hockey last year. Um, and it's a shortened season. So uh, but I, if I had to pick one team, I'm going to say the Bruins just because of their pedigree, the confidence they have. Uh, they were the best team in hockey last year in the regular season. Uh, they have the coach of the year in Cassidy, um, and we know those big names uh, for Boston. So I'm going to say the Bruins, and, yeah, it's a very st- very stacked division, should be competitive, a lot of rivalry matchups. And we always say it's crazy when you play a team four times in one season. You feel like there's a, some bad blood some animosity between the teams. Now that's doubled. Um, you're going to play a team eight uh, times. I think that's going to create for some fun hockey. Uh, I think it's going to make up for the aspect of no fans in the building for sure. Yeah, well, that's definitely going to be evident. And, and we'll see that on Wednesday night when the yeah. Flyers do open up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to be the NHL season opener as well. I believe it starts at 530 Jordan, as always, man, we really appreciate your time and, and coming on again to share some Flyers knowledge with us. Uh, just the last thing, I know we did mention your podcast, um, and obviously you just generate uh, some, you know, ton of great articles, but, you know, I just want to give you the opportunity before we wrap the interview up here to see if there was any, um, you know, content or anything on your podcast, any articles like that, uh, that you recent, recently released that you would like the viewers to know about. I appreciate that, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I love seeing all the stuff that you guys are doing. I see you guys have gotten a lot of cool, fun guests. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. Keep doing it. Um, I know people, just from what I've uh, experienced uh, with what I do, people appreciate the constant content. So if you're pushing out more content, they're going to listen and they're going to appreciate it. Because I think people uh, in this day and age, 24-7, they're always craving it. But as, yeah, as far as where you can find my content, you can find it at NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Uh, constant stories up there on the website, Flyers related. Uh, you can listen to the Flyers Talk podcast as well. We have a fun podcast uh, coming up just um, with some of the other regional sports networks under the NBC umbrella. We'll be uh, talking about the East Division with folks that cover all those teams in the East Division, all eight, uh, myself included. So we'll have that up soon. I uh, hope people listen to that. And uh, yeah, you can find my work uh, on the website and you can follow me on Twitter at jhallnbcs. I try to, um, I try as best as I can uh, to try to be informative and as active on there as possible. So thanks again for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the season. Awesome, Jordan. Thanks again for coming on over. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week.